Welcome to the Aerospace Engineering Podcast. My name is Reiner Groh, Research Fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering, and on this podcast I have conversations with aerospace pioneers about new technologies at the cutting edge of aerospace design and research. Special thanks go to my supporters on Patreon, who make this podcast possible. If you enjoy the Aerospace Engineering Podcast and would like to support it, then head over to patreon.com forward slash aerospace. There are multiple levels of support, but pledging even a dollar an episode is highly appreciated. Thanks for your support. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Three, two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour, liftoff on Apollo 11. Griffin, uh, Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed. Today I'm speaking with Alexandra Gravero, a ground systems engineer for the space startup Astroscale. Astroscale is a global company headquartered in Tokyo, Japan, with offices in the UK, Singapore and the USA, that is developing technological and regulatory solutions for space debris removal. The mission of Astroscale is to guarantee the long-term safety of spaceflight and orbital sustainability by developing end-of-life services for satellites and active debris removal. This relates both to removing space junk that has accumulated due to defunct satellites and jettisoned rocket interstages to guaranteeing that regulations are in place to prevent the buildup of further space junk and technological solutions to deorbit defunct satellites. The company is currently designing and manufacturing its end-of-life service by Astroscale program, or ELSA for short, the spacecraft retrieval service for satellite operators. The first demonstration mission, known as ELSA-D, is scheduled to launch in 2020 and will demonstrate Astroscale's technology for debris docking and removal in orbit. In this episode, Alex and I talk about her background in the space sector, the problem of accumulating space debris and how to deal with it, the details of Astroscale's ELSA-D demonstration mission in 2020, and Alex's expertise as a ground system engineer. But now, without further ado, please enjoy this fascinating conversation with Alexandra Gravero. Alexandra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So before we dive into your work, and all the interesting things that Astroscale are doing. Um, I would um, like you to ask your listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so what is your background and how did your career evolve to where you are today? All right, so I grew up in Italy. I'm French originally, and I've always been uh, fascinated by space. So I knew I wanted to go into that. I studied aerospace engineering in University of Surrey. Mm-hmm. And then I did my master's in space technology in UCL in London. And during my studies and after my studies, I did multiple internships at the European Space Agency. And after that, after taking a break, I found this job at Astroscale. And I found that Astroscale was a really cool company. And um, it sounded exciting. And it was a startup. So I gave it a shot and, um, and here I am today. Great. So tell us a little bit about what does Astroscale do? What is the kind of like core business? So Astroscale is um, looking to remove space debris. So since 
the beginning of the space era, since we started launching satellites into space, we have accumulated so many space junk. And so the orbits that we're using, the, um, the orbits are the, the regions in space that are useful to us, where we want to have satellites, are overcrowded. And there is only a few um, a small portions of all the satellites that are out there that are still operational. And the rest is just space junk. So what Astroscale wants to do is to clean everything up. And um, there are two uh, business lines. So one is looking at um, the mega constellation operators who are planning to launch thousands of satellites in the near future. And for that, Astroscale um, is developing the market and has um, some technologies that I will talk about later. And the other one is active debris removal. And this targets the satellite junk that is already out in, in space. And for this business line, the potential customers would be uh, governmental entities um, and um, space agencies. Mm -hmm. So this is, in a nutshell, what Astroscale is, okay. is, is doing. So do I understand it correctly? So most of the space junk that exists is basically previous satellites that we have launched into uh, orbits that are attractive, but those satellites don't really do anything anymore. They're just just going around in the orbit and they're just they're not even providing any data back to Earth. So exactly. All this space junk is man-made. So um, the satellites that are in these specific orbits, um, after a while, because they're dragged back down to Earth, after a while they will disintegrate in the atmosphere. But some of these satellites are too high up that they remain in orbit and they continue to go around and around the Earth, mm -hmm. and they also disintegrate into fragments, and there are potential collisions. So for example, in 20, uh, 2009, there was a collision between an Iridium satellite and uh, a defunct Russian satellite that was uncontrollable. And this collision ended up in uh, tons of space junk. And there is this Kessler syndrome. That's a theory that space junk would create even more space junk because of collisions, which would create even more space junk and which could potentially wipe out entire orbits. Um, there is about 8.4 ton, uh, thousand tons of space junk out there. And it has to be, something has to be done about it. Mm -hmm. So was there in the past was there any kind of regulatory framework to prevent this or was nobody thinking about it? And has that maybe changed that, I don't know, maybe now there are automatic ways of kind of like deorbiting a satellite at the end of its uh, lifetime? So this is a good question because uh, the regulations are happening right now or they are developing right now. Um, there is, Astroscale is actually very much involved in um, pushing governmental entities, the UN, to put regulations and enforce the satellite operators to have a deorbit plan. And there are 
so there are two options. One of them is that the satellites themselves have a deorbit plan and have a technology that uh, on board that ensures that they will deorbit and uh, clean themselves up. Or the other option is that uh, an external service such as Astroscale uh, launches a satellite that goes up there, attaches to the defunct satellite and takes control over its attitude and orbit and brings it down uh, towards the atmosphere to be burnt in the atmosphere. And this ensures that the cleaning up will be done because if we were, we can rely on the satellites themselves to do it, to deorbit themselves. But if there is a fault, some satellites are not functioning properly and cannot deorbit themselves. Um, so that's why Astroscale is coming up with this, this service of going to clean up defunct satellite at the end of their lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And so are those, so those two services, what I could see from your website, the, the two words that kind of jumped out to me were end-of-life services and active debris removal. So are those the two things that you've just described, that you can either launch something up to actively remove something, or you can actually put something on a satellite that then deorbits it, or am I getting that completely wrong? So there, so actually, active debris removal and end-of-life services are, um, are both coming under the la launching an external service, if okay. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So uh, Astroscale is planning to, um, to deorbit satellites that are still to be launched, mm -hmm. such as mega constellation operators, on which Astroscale will attach or attach a docking plate, a mm -hmm. magnetic docking plate, or ensure that the satellite has any compatible docking plates on it. And uh, this is one specific technology of Astroscale, um, because we are developing a complex capture mechanism that we have on our um, service satellites. And this capture mechanism can recognize the docking plate and attach to it. and from that take control over the over the other satellites uh, attitude and orbit mm -hmm. so this is one solution and the other one because the problem is that there is a lot of space junk out there at the moment that don't have a docking plate right so astroscale is also looking at um, developing technologies to go and pick up rocket upper stages or other satellites that don't have a docking plate, which are which we call are completely uncooperative, and um, it's a different kind of complexity because it is uncooperative. So we have to find a solution to attach to it, um, and these are the two the two business lines. Okay, so can you talk a little bit more about? So you've just talked about the complexity of the problem. So what are some of the solutions? that Astroscale has come up with to deal with? Or what are some of the possible solutions that you could, uh, that you could deal with this, this problem? So they are, um, so for the end of life, uh, end of life service, um, what Astroscale has been working on a lot and what is um, Astroscale's solution to the problem is 
this magnetic uh, capture mechanism. Um, and this is completely developed by Astroskill and we are planning to uh, use that technologies for use that technology for future uh, future missions and not only our demonstration mission that we're launching this year uh, in 2020 and uh, Astroskill technology also involves um, the guidance and navigation control uh, which is very complex because of what we're trying to do. We're trying to um, dock with another satellite. Mm -hmm. uh, some parts of the mission will be autonomous, some other parts will be controlled by the operators on ground. Another complex um, aspect of the missions is the control over the satellites. Because we're trying to dock with, a, to dock with another satellite, um, we need to have full control over the satellite and be able to press the red button in case there is something wrong so that we don't collide with it mm -hmm. uh, so that we don't create additional debris and for this we had to find uh, ground stations on earth antennas on earth that are chained in such a way that we have contact for almost uh, two orbits fully for 100 almost 400 percent and um, this is actually what I'm what I'm working on for our demonstration mission, is to um, to find all these ground stations on Earth that we can use so that we can ensure that we have almost continuous uh, coverage and continuous cov control over a spacecraft. Mm -hmm. So these are some examples of um, of what Astroscale is is doing. So in terms of this demonstration mission that you've just talked about, what are you hoping to achieve? with the demonstration mission? So we have um, LSADI, that's end-of-life service by Astroscale demonstration. And for that, we are, de we are des developing a chaser spacecraft or servicer um, that, is that is already assembled now. And we also have a, a target or client spacecraft that is a small spacecraft that is going to be the fake debris mm -hmm. and we are launching both of them together and basically we want to demonstrate that we're capable of uh, docking with a client satellite that we can dock with a tumbling uh, client satellite um, we are the demonstration is going to have multiple phases where the servicer will lose the client satellite and then we are going to use our um, visual cameras our guidance and navigation control system to find the client satellite and assess its attitude um, we're also going to demonstrate the operator's capabilities to abort the operator's capabilities to dock and attach to the to the client satellite um, and at the end of the demonstration mission, we're going to show that we can deorbit and uh, control the, the end of life of both satellites attached. Okay, so the ultimate purpose then here, what you were just referencing at the end of the life, once the two satellites have attached, does one satellite just try to drive both satellites into the atmosphere to cause it to, to burn up in the atmosphere? Or what is the ultimate goal? of the um of in, in this case the demonstration mission 
this is exactly it. Um, the, the aim is that our service satellites will take control over the client satellites. So we, as this is a demonstration for future, for potential future missions with real client satellites, uh, we are assuming that the client satellite doesn't have any uh, propulsion left or that we can't control it from the ground. So we are assuming that it's actually a dead satellite mm -hmm. that uh, we need to control with our services satellites. And where once the, the satellites are um, in orbit, they will eventually deorbit themselves naturally. But what we want to prove is that we can control this deorbit phase. We can control it, we can do collision avoidance maneuvers during this deorbit phase, and that the, both satellites will burn into the atmosphere um, in a few years. This is still to be determined how many, how many years this will take, but we will be way, way below the international guidance of 25 years. Mm -hmm. Great, that sounds really fascinating. I mean, in, in terms of, you said that there's so much space junk out there. Um, how, I mean, what is the magnitude of the problem that we're speaking of? So this particular um, solution that you've just uh, spoken about, how many of these missions would you have to fly to, let's say, make a, a proper dent in the problem? Would it have to be, you know, thousands of, of missions? Or what are the, what's the scale that we're talking about? So... We know that um, the mega constellation operators are planning to launch about 10,000 satellites in the wow. next 10 years. And the problem is that if we don't start doing something about it now, it will get out of hand and we won't have time to launch, um, to launch the orbit missions uh, if we wait a few years before we actually start cleaning up. Missions with AstroScale uh, could already have a huge impact mm -hmm. and reduce the number of potential collisions, potential fragmentations in the orbits that we want to use. That sounds I mean, what you said earlier, I think, was it Kessler's law? What was the Kessler syndrome? Yeah. So yeah. if you have, I guess, a couple of satellites which are perhaps close to breaking up and then causing more and more fragments, you could probably make a huge dent in solving some of the problems exactly. by just removing that one critical satellite. Exactly. Yeah. No, it sounds really great. And so you said before that so you, you wanted to work for a startup or you're now working for a startup. What is it like to work here and what is it kind of like your day-to-day -day, um, work look like? What is it that you do here at AstroScale? So this is relatively new in the space industry. Um, that startups are uh, developing themselves and it's really fun and I'm really lucky that I started here because I'm able to do so many things that I and I have so much responsibility that I wouldn't have in a big institution um, otherwise and I am working for the ground segment in um, in the UK so the ground segment is basically developing all the infrastructure and the software that we need on ground for the operators to control our satellites. I'm mainly focused on our demonstration mission 
that we're launching in um, the summer of 2020. And one of my cool projects was, as I mentioned to you before, um, I'm responsible for the ground stations. So for that, I needed to use a software to analyze um, the orbit that our satellite is going to be in. And with this software, I had to find the correct ground stations at the correct locations on Earth that would basically follow the ground track of our satellites. And so this was the first part of that project. Then I had to talk with external providers that are providing us with the antennas. I had to negotiate with them. Um, so I also did a bit of procurement there. And now I'm going to uh, be in charge of the testing with the antennas. So that's also going to involve me going into to see some of the ground stations around the Earth. And so it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of responsibility and that's what I wanted to what I wanted to have. Yeah, sounds great. I mean, it seems like, yeah, you have a lot of responsibility. You're wearing a lot of different hats, doing lots of different things. Just out of curiosity, how many ground stations do you actually need around the globe to be able to track your satellite throughout its entire orbit? So we are using about 14 ground stations which is a lot for a demonstration mission, exactly because we need so much control over our spacecraft because we're doing something new. Mm -hmm. And we are using different ground stations for both our spacecraft. Um, the, for the service of spacecraft, we're using about 10 because we it's that satellite that's going to um, perform all the maneuvers, etc. Mm -hmm. And we're also one of these ground stations is our, our own. We have Astroscale has its own ground station in Japan, and uh, it's fully dedicated to the demonstration mission. And we're going to start using it for that. And the plan is that once the spacecraft are done with the demonstration and that we are in the deorbit phase, we'll only have to use our own ground station. Uh, with which we can have about four ground contacts per orbit, something like that, mm -hmm. uh, per per day. So great. That's good. So you said in, in the beginning of our conversation that so you, you did degrees at Surrey and UCL, and I think one of the cool things as well you did a, an internship at at ESA. Was that uh, in in France or or which which part of the ESA? Um, so actually, office was that? Actually, I did. Um, three internships at ESA. I started, my first internship was in the coordination department in Frascati, that's next to Rome. Mm -hmm. um, after that, I did an internship in Paris, in the launches department, that was much more technical. And I finished with a six months internship in Exat, which is here in Harwell, not far, not far from the Astroscale office. And that was in the climate office. And that was really interesting as well, because we talked about sustainability already. Mm -hmm. So it's followed a bit. The, I'm following a bit the path of my internships here. Right. So in terms of your, your background, both on the educational side, but also all the placements that you've done, what are some of the things, some of the recommendations, suggestions that you have for our young listeners that would like to, um, you know, that are interested in the space sector and uh, are interested in, in following a career in, in aerospace or even just in space? So one 
thing that I discovered actually after my studies um, was uh, SGAC, which is Space Generation Advisory Council. And it's basically a big group of young people working in space. And it's really good for students because you can participate in um, different type of conferences around the world. Uh, you can be involved on a weekly basis within your regional office. Um, and with this group, you can learn so much about what are the possibilities in the space industries all the different companies that you can work for, what is happening in space, you can be involved with the UN. And I have been involved with them. I've attended some of their events as a young professional, but I met a lot of students at their events. And I think this is really great for young students to, to start understanding what are all the possibilities in the space industry. Great. Well, um, thanks a lot again for, for taking the time today. It's been absolutely uh, inspirational, actually, for me to hear about something that I knew nothing about before. Um, so just as a final question, how can our listeners stay up to date, perhaps with what you're doing or with what uh, Astroscale is up to in the, in the coming months and years? Um, so one of the best places is Astroscale website. Um, and we post all the press releases on the website and all the news on the website. You can also um, see different profiles of the people who work in the company. So you can understand if there are some people um, who look like you or have, who have studied the same thing. And Astroscale is also very present on, twi on Twitter mm -hmm. and on Instagram. So I suggest looking at these and we try to... Um, to make sure that everyone stays up to date with what's happening at Astroscale. Absolutely. And I'll put those links in the in the show notes that go along with this episode. Thank you. So again, thanks for having the conversation today, Alexandra. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you would like to learn more about Astroscale, then head over to aerospaceengineeringblog.com forward slash podcast, where you will find show notes about everything we discussed in today's episode. And if you enjoy the Aerospace Engineering Podcast, then there are a number of ways you can support it. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're tuning in. You can share it on social media with your friends and family, or you can support the podcast directly on Patreon. And with that, thank you very much for listening and talk to you next time.